And welcome to it. Yeah, it's 632. It's a Monday, so it's uh, it's time for you to tuck in, ask some questions. You got a half hour to do so, right? So let's uh let's get it happening. Schools here. Uh Alex Luciferro is the man with the brains. He's the one answering all the questions here this evening, and you can ask them. That is your simple job to grab a phone and do so. 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the uh that's the email address that we use. And I think we're going to dip into the old email box uh, on the show this evening over the next half hour in between your calls. But please still call in. The uh, the lines are open, and we're always ready to talk to you. Any questions you have or probably uh, questions that a thousand other people would ask the same thing. So uh, step up and be uh, that guy, that girl, that person that makes that phone call and says, guys, I don't understand this. Please answer this question. 416-870-6400 is how you do that. But you always start off with a, a case of the day or week that was Alex, what you got going on, pal? Hey, Johnny. Thanks very much. Great to be here. As uh, as always, Monday is in the books, at least most of Monday. We did it, John. We're well and truly into the work week now. And even better than that, we're back for another live edition of the Employment Law Show and our favorite subjects, workplace rights, severance, really everything and anything under the sun when it comes to your workplace, when it comes to your workplace rights we're here to take calls, take questions, John, as you very well said, and we're live for the next uh, for the next half hour or so. So please feel free to call us and get your employment questions answered. We speak to people every single day, and today was another one of those days, uh, uh, John, where actually I had someone uh, who thanks us, who thanked us for doing the show and informing the public on what their legal rights are. It happens more often than you probably think. Uh, when it comes to employment law, our callers on this show are a huge part of that. Uh, John, really, no, no matter how big or small their question is, we get emails every day asking us questions. We get phone calls to the office every single day. Uh, and for that matter, for this show uh, tonight, give us a call. It's always going to be an important question if you're dealing with an issue at work. If you're curious about something, uh, if you're having a, you know, if you're having difficulty with your boss at work, or maybe there are changes that are being made to the terms of your employment, by calling in and asking a question. Uh, and as you very well said, John, not only are you giving us a chance to help you individually solve your own workplace problem, but trust me, I guarantee you. Again, I hear this every day. You're going to be helping lots and lots of other people out there who may be in exactly the same kind of situation as you are, maybe a very similar situation. So please, we want to hear from you. This is your chance to speak with an employment lawyer. Don't ask me about family law, John. Don't ask me about criminal law, uh, criminal law or anything like that. Uh, anything to do with employment law, that's what we're here for this evening until 7 p.m. And as you mentioned, John, to get us warmed up for the show tonight and for all our uh, new listeners out there, we always start the show with a segment we call The Case of the Day. It's an opportunity to talk about a matter, a situation that I dealt with just today. And uh, this is, uh, I guess, a positive story, uh, John. I just wrapped up a matter for uh, one of our clients uh, today. It's a positive story, John, albeit in a difficult situation. This gentleman was let go from his job uh, right at the beginning of March. So about a, about a month ago now. Uh, and listen, there's no two ways about it. Being let go from your job, whatever the circumstances are, whatever the reason for termination, and even whatever severance ultimately you might be owed, uh, John, is a difficult situation. That termination meeting is often very stressful. You then have to turn your mind to what comes next. I have to start looking for a job. What's yeah. out there? How am I going to pay my bills? It's a difficult situation. There no, there's no two ways about it. But... 
when it comes to severance, and certainly when it comes to employment law, uh, ultimately, the way you should be thinking about this is that that severance is ultimately going to be meant, the purpose of that severance is to hold you over for that period of time, to make sure that at the very least, you're financially secure for the short term, so you can start that job search, you can interview, you can find that next job, and not just any job, but the right job, with that financial security of that severance package. And that's exactly what happened in this uh, situation, John. So I'll, I'll get to I'll get to the meat and bones here of the story. Mm-hmm. This gentleman, uh, John, had been uh, with the same employer for just under three years. So I think he was, he was going to be a three-year employee in a couple of months' time. And uh, he would he worked in a management level position for this employer. Nothing too senior, uh, John. He was kind of a middle management yeah. uh, employee. Had uh, I think he had about four or five employees that he kind of supervised as a team, and that was uh, and that was pretty much it. And he was in his early fifties. As I mentioned, he was let go, uh, John, right at the start of March. His employer, and it was a restructuring, so there was nothing kind of fishy about the termination. The company was going through th- some changes and decided to let him go. Sure. And uh, the company offered him, John, 10 weeks of pay. So 10 weeks of pay was was the offer for an employee, again, just shy of three years of employment in his early 50s in a management level position, mid, middle management level position. And so he reached out to me. I think it would, would have been that first week of March. Uh, John and I told him no way 10 weeks is not enough severance for somebody of your age position and years of service you're probably looking at something in the range of about four to six months as a reasonable severance package that's what I told him uh, John weeks ago now forward to three weeks later uh, what we did is we contacted his employer uh, we and we did this very you know very amicably. There were no guns blazing here. We didn't threaten to sue the company for a million dollars. Uh, we simply said, listen, we appreciate the offer. It's not enough for this particular individual based on his age, position, and years of service. We're going to need more severance here. Uh, and just three weeks later, uh, John, as of today, we've wrapped up this gentleman's matter. Nice. We've signed the paperwork. He's receiving five months of severance which is right up his alley for someone, again, just shy of three years of service, early 50s, management-level position. Five months is a perfectly reasonable severance package. It's effectively double, John, what he was initially offered. Keep in mind he was offered uh, 10 weeks of pay. It's about two and a half months, uh, more or less. He's ending up with uh, about 21 weeks of pay, which is pretty much five five months, maybe a touch more. And that's all it took, uh, John, a little bit of effort on uh, on our part. Uh, this employee trusting us uh, to represent him with respect to this matter. That's a big piece of the puzzle here as well. I tell this story, John, not because it's somehow complicated or to pat ourselves on the back, not at all. I say this because these severance negotiations are oftentimes quite straightforward, quite simple. It doesn't take a huge amount of effort. It doesn't take months or years uh, right, this gentleman, over the course of three weeks, we were able to double his severance offer, get him a proper severance package, and get him moving on uh, to new employment, which he'll likely be doing, John, in the next month or so. And so, again, turning a bad situation into uh, a good one. This gentleman now has the financial security he needs uh, to give him the time that he needs to find that next job. It's a great story, man. I want to take a short break. Mike, I see they're standing by on the phone line. We're going to get to you right on the other side in about a minute, so stick around. You as well, 416-870-6400. We continue Monday in edition Employment Law Show. Stand by.
Yeah, welcome back. It is 6.43. Lots of time still for you. And that number, 416-870-6400. Mike, thank you so much for hanging in, pal. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Beauty, what's on your mind? So I've been working for this company for a very long time, like over 30 years. We've been recently bought out, and it seems like we are restructuring. And it feels like they may put me in a different position my question is, if they do, would they cut my wage? Yeah, it's a situation, uh, Mike, that lots of employees find themselves uh, in. So a couple of points to be made here. Number one, uh, as I just mentioned, it's not abnormal uh, for employers to do this, especially in situations where there's a new ownership group at play. If there's been the sale of a business or a purchase of a business, things are changing. Management's probably changing. There's restructuring, restructurings happening. That should get your spidey senses ting- tingling. Uh, right? It's important to note, Mike, even just a change to your position could be problematic. So even if they don't change your pay or they're not changing your, I don't know, bonuses or commissions or anything related to what you earn, right? Simply changing your position, you may have a right to refuse unless it's a promotion, of course, right? Unless it's a positive change and you actually like it or want it, right? We're not going to complain there. But if it's going to be a change to your position that's negative, in a significant way, uh, you know, my instinct would be that should be a red flag. We probably want to have a chat off air about what you can do to potentially stop that. Definitely, that's the first point, Mike. The second point would be definitely, whether it's a position change or completely unrelated to a position change, if they're proposing a change to your pay, that's a massive red flag, even more of a red flag than a change to your position. I would be refusing any kind of reduction uh, in your pay whatsoever. And again, the minute that that happens, the minute you guys are sat down for a meeting, whether that's individually or as a group of employees, and you're told formally that these changes are happening, listen, don't say anything in the moment, right? I would just take whatever paperwork they have to offer. Don't sign anything. Just take the information. Give us a call. Let's have a chat off, uh, off air. I'm curious, Mike, when uh, the new owners took over, when there was that change, did they have you sign new employment contracts? No, no, they, they, uh, good. No, not everything stayed the same. Excellent. That that's excellent they, uh, because all our seniority stayed the same. That's excellent because another red flag. Whenever there's a change in ownership, a lot of times the new owners will have employees sign updated employment contracts that might limit your rights, that might limit your severance or limit your protections. So that's positive. If you didn't sign anything, then that's good. Again, uh, you have the right as an employee to resist, to oppose, respectfully, of course, professionally, of course, but to oppose any major changes to your employment. That could be to your position, it could be to your pay, it could be to your pay structure. You know, if you're, again, if you're dealing with bonuses or commissions, anything like that, any major changes to those terms can be very problematic. Again, as soon as something uh, like that is presented to you, give us a call. Let's have a chat off air. Sometimes, and actually a lot of times, it's better to just negotiate a severance package and get out of the employer. Other times, we can save the person's job or save their position or save, save their pay structure. Uh, but it's oh. good that you called because at least you're live to these issues. If it happens, you know what to do. So I feel I've been there a very, very long time, and I don't think they're going to try and pay me. I just think they're going to try and squeeze me out. It's possible, uh, uh, Mike, but you can resist, of course, uh, that squeezing. 
right? Legally, an employer can only do so much, right? They can only squeeze so much. They have to operate within the confines of the law. If they do anything even remotely illegal, that'll allow you to claim uh, severance. You're a 30-year employee, Mike. What do you do? What's your position at the company? Um, supervisor. You're a supervisor? How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Pardon me? How old are you? 50. You're 50. Listen, you're close to that maximum 60. number of 60, severance. Six zero. Oh, yeah. 60. Okay. Six zero. Okay. Yeah. Well, I heard 50, but 60, you're pretty much at that top end of the range, Mike, when it comes to severance. You're, look, you're going to be looking at 24 months of severance, two years of severance. So the moral of the story here is don't quit in the face of any kind of pressure, right? Do your job properly to the best of your abilities as you have been doing, uh, I'm sure, for 30 years. And any major changes to your employment, you know, you'll have recourse. You'll have the right to either refuse the change or seek the appropriate severance, which in your case, Mike, is going to so, be 24 uh, months. The, the equipment that they I'm supposed to use to do my job is very, very old now and needs repair. They're not doing the repairs to the, to the, to the equipment, so it's making it harder and harder to do my job. Yeah, and I imagine you've raised that already with the company, Mike? Yes, yes, several times. Yeah. Listen, I would keep, uh, th that's a tough one, right? I, I mean, I don't think you should down tools, right? I, I don't think that, that necessarily gives you the right to say, you know what, uh, I'm not doing my job anymore if you guys don't, you know, upgrade my equipment. But it might be a safety issue, right? It might be an issue of, again, you not being as productive as you could possibly be or to the same quality as you typically are. I think you need to rate, continue to raise those issues with your employer on a regular basis. I'm not saying email them or, or talk to them every day about it, right? But maybe once every couple of weeks, remind them that not addressing this issue is going to have consequences, not just for you personally, but for, again, the quality, the productivity, the efficiency for the business, right? Remind them it's the, that it's in their best interest uh, to replace these parts. That's the best you can do, uh, Mike, at this point. And again, do it on a regular basis. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you uh, calling in some uh, some strong points there, Alex. Again, thirty year guy. You're talking, you know, sixty years old. Yeah, he's uh, he's at the top end of severance. If they if they dare to make the stupid move of letting him go or changing his job to a constructive dismissal territory uh, territory for sure. The number four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. That is why you call into the show. You get some answers in detail for sure from Alex here each and every uh, Monday night. All right, uh, moving on to mailbag. Francine says, "Hey, Alex, in January of this year." My employer uh, gave me notice that my employment will end at the end of June. A week ago, I was told the new work will be coming in and that my employment will not end, at least for now. Can my employer do this? Looks like they're moving the goalpost, eh? Yeah, moving the goalpost. Tough situation for any employee, and it sounds like Francine is in one of these situations where the employer really doesn't know what's happening with respect to its uh, its future. It was uh, originally letting letting her go, maybe a number of employees go uh, in June, and now it looks like the company is going to continue beyond that, or at least the work is going to continue beyond that. This is a tough situation for, for employees, John, I've got to say, because it really creates a high degree of uncertainty, uh, right? So it's bad enough to be receiving notice that your employment's coming to an end. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but, it, you know, really for that to happen, and for then only a couple of months later, she said this happened in January. You know, for in, in March, for example, for the employer to come back and say, oh, you know what, forget it. We have some new work coming in. I mean, it really disrupts uh, an employee's kind of psychology and their preparedness for the future. 
Here are the legalities around this situation, uh, uh, John. The employer is allowed to do this in the sense that Francine now can't just claim June as her actual termination and regardless of what the company said or did, you know, she's allowed to just kind of walk away and still get severance. If the employer is offering to keep her employed beyond that, uh, you know, she's got to stay employed. She could resign by all means, but that would just be a resignation. She doesn't get severance in a situation like that. It's much, much better off that she just keep her employment and keep working. Here's the protection, however, uh, that she has, uh, John. Because the employer has done this and effectively moved the goalpost once by first saying the end date would be in June and now saying, well, forget it, it's not June anymore, this notice of termination really doesn't count for anything at all. In other words, if she gets notice now at some future date that she's going to be terminated, right, she's going to be owed her full severance entitlements from that future date if and when it happens. Right, So whatever notice period that she might be working through at this point now, or that she was previously working through now from January to June, no longer counts. Her severance entitlements go back to her full severance entitlements based on her age, position, and years of service. If she's let go in the future, it's a whole new game, uh, John. And that's a good thing for her but it's because it's, yeah. it means she's going to be owed her full severance entitlements as of the day future that she's let go regardless of the notice that she got in January. Francine, again, you want to carry on that conversation. You have other questions for Alex. Thanks for the email, by the way, one 821 5900 Omar's turn to guys. I've uh, worked for the same company in Barrie for almost 15 years. Started as a regular salesperson, worked my way up, and sales manager. Last week, the company's GM told me they're making cuts and my job is likely to be one of the positions eliminated. What can I expect as severance if I am let go? Yeah, interesting situation. So uh, Omar gives me, uh, what does it give me here? Two of the three criteria, I guess, John, of what I need in order to assess his uh, severance entitlement. So he said he's worked for 15 years with the same company, quite impressive, uh, and worked his way up to uh, a sales manager position, also impressive, good for him. Uh, and it sounds like, unfortunately, he might be uh, let go. doesn't sound like it's happened yet. What I don't know, John, is Omar's age. I can tell you this, John, just based on 15 years of service and a sales manager position, he's probably going to be one of those employees, John, that's kind of very roughly in that month per year of service mark. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Maybe if he's in his 40s or even 50s, might even be more than that uh, if he's older. Uh, I'd say he's there or there uh, about, although it's difficult to tell uh, without his age. Age is a factor, uh, John, simply because the reality is the older you are, the more difficult it's going to be for you to find sure. that job. Imagine a 40-year-old looking for a job as compared to a 60-year-old. Listen, age discrimination is ultimately illegal, right? And employers are not allowed to make decisions with respect to employment on the basis of someone's age. That said, John, I think we have to be kind of frank here. Uh, I think it's well. more likely, yeah, it's more likely that a 40-year-old is going to find the job more quickly than a than a 60-year-old, uh, you know, let's call a spade a spade. And so in those circumstances, that could be a huge swing to someone's severance entitlements. But still, in Omar's case, you know, he's going to be looking at that month per year of service mark. I don't want to, you know, I don't want our listeners to think of that one month per year of service as severance as a rule, because the reality is there is no rule of one week or two weeks or even one month per year of service when it comes to severance. But I have to say in Omar's case, sales manager, 15 years of service, he's probably going to be there or thereabouts, at least in that neighborhood. 
And what I can also guarantee you, John, as a last comment on uh, on this one, I would bet you money, uh, John, that whatever his employer offers him if he's let go is going to be far short of what Omar's actual severance entitlements uh, are, especially in a sales role. We see salespeople be undercut on their severance entitlements day after day after day. I'm not sure what it is exactly. I think there's a general perception out there that salespeople can find work very quickly. Let me tell you, it's not the case based on the people that we uh, uh, speak with. So I wouldn't be surprised if Omar is going to need our help at some point in the future. We'll take the uh, last couple minutes uh, we got left. Get to Joanne quickly. says, guys, I've been uh, given two choices to reduce my pay significantly. One, losing a major portion of my annual bonus or to accept a severance offer. I don't like either option. What can I do? Yeah, I don't blame uh, Joanne uh, at all. This is a situation we see uh, we see employees. It's kind of a rock and a hard place. Uh, uh, John, an employer, will come to an employee and say, "Listen, we're making changes. We're restructuring. It's either you accept this new, you know, either this new position or this pay cut, uh, right? Or in Joanne's case, it's losing a big bonus, right? Or we'll have to let you go." I've got to say it, uh, John, there's nothing necessarily illegal about that in the sense that what the employer is doing there is actually the right thing in the sense that at the very least, they're offering her a severance package. Because if they weren't offering the severance package, John, this would be a constructive dismissal. It's the situation that we were discussing with Mike, uh, who called in a few minutes ago. If the employer just tried to make that change and you know uh, cause Joanne to lose a major part of her bonus she would have had the ability to claim severance in a case like that. And so at least the employer's offering her severance to begin with. Now, the problem in Joanne's case, it sounds like, is that the severance she's being offered, uh, she doesn't like. I probably uh, am not surprised here. I wouldn't be surprised that the severance offer is on the low end of the range, uh, if close to the range at all. And so, like Mike, uh, like Francine, who emailed uh, earlier, and Omar, I'd suggest Joanne contact us. Give us a call at the office. Let's have a chat confidentially off air. Let's get into the details of the situation. Uh, if her severance offer isn't good enough, John, we'll be able to work it out uh, and uh, get her her proper severance entitlements. And that would be it for another show. Quick Monday. Boom. Done. We're back in here tomorrow, 630 again. I know you'll join us at that time. Want to reach out to Alex now? 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Back in tomorrow, 630. We'll see you then. Enjoy your night.